I spoke to my first guest from his flat in London just after he got back from Sydney Film Festival, where he screened We Met in Virtual Reality, a film that he directed, filmed, edited, and wrote that was completely shot inside virtual reality. Here is our chat. Joe Hunting, thank you so much for talking to Film Festival Guide. Hey, thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to be on. I'm very looking forward, to, very much looking forward to this conversation. <laughs> Uh, for people who don't know, you screened your film We Met in Virtual Reality at Sydney Film Festival, which is sort of where I got to ask you a question about creating uh, the film. But um, I wanted to start by asking you, what? tell us a little bit about the film. Sure, of course. Um, first of all, I'm glad that you saw it in, in Sydney. It was an awesome experience participating in that festival. We're super grateful to have had the opportunities to, to go there. Um, we Met in Virtual Reality is a feature-length documentary filmed entirely inside of the world of a social virtual reality app called VR following a collage of stories about people who have found community and relationships and belonging inside of um, this other virtual world. And so you were saying during that panel that you created the film during the global pandemic. So do you think there's been a lot of, there's a lot of people that have really stuck into the world of VR as they're sort of like, um, they're sort of almost like therapy or then they're a way of connecting through the pandemic? Mm. Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. So the pandemic really inspired the, me, my decision to, to make a documentary in VR or a feature film specifically, because we all had this shared context of struggling with isolation and wanting to collect with connect with our friends and, and loved ones and so immediately so many people came into virtual reality in that time and it felt like the perfect time to to make a film now we're living a bit more of a balanced life we can go outside again and and socialize and you know obviously have a bit more of a just a balance with our relationships um but vr is still so strong and I still am an active participant there everyone in the film still goes into vr and so much was established during COVID during the pandemic and the first lockdown um, that is still continuing today. Like, you know, the help, Helping Hands is a community in the film and they still teach sign language every week. And um, Dust Bunny is one of the subjects. She runs classes full time now and, and VR has like become so much of a part of people's lives because of the pandemic. Talk me through, so you're using chat VR as a way of creating the film is as somebody who uses VR as well, I have a much love for it as well as, as probably you do. And um, yay. <laughs> yay. Um, I was curious, there's such a large scale of worlds that exist in chat VR. How did you actually get to meet and connect with these people through the thing? What was the process like in terms of finding these worlds and meeting up with these people? Is there somebody you've met that were mutual friends with these people in VR? Or what was that process like? Mm, yeah, that's such a loaded question. <laughs> um, I could talk for hours, but I'll try and keep it short. To to start with, the I met the subjects of the film, so the key voices of the documentary, in various different ways. We follow a sign language teacher named Jenny, and Jenny was the first person I met when before making the film. And uh, we met in summer of 2020, making another series together, a documentary series. And so, you know, we met through through a context of film and already working together. And she was really excited to be involved in, and we met in virtual reality. But the two long distance couples, Dust Bunny and Toaster and Is Your Boy and Dragonheart 
Um, I met them just through immersing myself into the communities of VR chats and exploring different spaces. I met Dust Bunny at Dance Battle uh, in VR. She was doing this awesome hip hop belly dance fusion and it was just incredible to watch and immediately wanted to show that in this film and, and you know use dance as a storytelling form but also to explore her relationship with her long distance partner. Um, and similarly with Dragon Heart and Is Your Boy, they also met in a whole other context of dance and working at a show together in VR. Um, and that was just, you know, such a interesting context to, to speak about. Once I found them, to, it was kind of immediate to me that they were the voices of the film. Um, the worlds that you see in the film um, are made mostly by really good friends of mine in the creative communities. Everything in the film is created by the community, the avatars and the worlds. And I spent a lot of time speaking with world creators about their worlds being involved and being seen in the documentary. And most of the time that was met with, oh my gosh, I'm so excited. My world gets to be shown in this Sundance documentary. And um, it was, the film is a real collaboration with the incredible world creators that made these spaces that you see in the film. Were those creators that helped build the film, were they part of your crew that you made We met with in virtual reality in? Oh, good question. I should have said. Um, I would spend often two hours a day during production location scouting. So going around all of the worlds that already exist in VR chat and, you know, thinking about the emotions and the moments and the kind of narratives that we I had going with the cast and, and trying to find spaces that would encourage that and you know help emphasize the truth of, of what they were saying and so I would spend yeah hours a day going across all of the worlds and then I would often reach out to the world creators and, and, and explain to them that I'm making a film so there's only one world which I helped create for the film out of the you know 50 odd that are seen in the documentary and that is a, a church for the wedding that you see in the film. I Did you actually create them, that? Create that church, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh well, I worked God. with an amazing, I did not personally. I worked with an incredible world creator based in the UK here as well. And we worked with the, the couple who were getting married to ask them, you know, what is your dream wedding scenario? And they're both big fantasy uh, lovers. And so we made this amazing dragon uh, fantasy inspired church and they absolutely loved it. Um, and it's, yeah, it looks amazing on camera. It's about creating a, a, a wedding scene that was cinematic and would sit alongside a live action wedding scene. You know, that was my intention. So I was very grateful to have the freedom to put lighting in there and um, really create a big space with a big runway for the brides to do an amazing walk. I mean, it was it was such a funny scene to watch in the cinema when you're like, I mean, like people like walking down the thing, and you're like, oh, what is happening? Um, I Good. <laughs> yes, I I I have treat I achieved my vision in that scene. Um, success, yeah, success. Um, I don't know how you answer this question, but I'm curious what you think. Um, one of the things watching your film, which is so interesting, is that, and I think interesting about the world of VR is the idea that. Um, and you highlight so beautifully and eloquently in your film is the idea of um, the uh, VR being a place where um, people can self-identify and be able to uh, engage themselves. And I think, and I'm wondering from your perspective of being in VR, but also a creator and maybe talking to people about stories in We Met in Virtual Reality, whether there is, there is 
more of an understanding and respect of self-identification and diversity that exists in the VR space. Mm. Yeah, no, I, I think there absolutely is um, a lot of respect and understanding that people are representing themselves in any, any way, literally anything. You can be a robot, a, a furry, you know, animal, a kangaroo, or a fairy or an anime influenced character. You can really express yourself in, in any way. And my, one of my biggest inspirations with all of my films, not just We Met in Virtual Reality, but other documentaries I've made, is to share that with the world and explain the benefits and the values of expressing yourselves and experimenting with your gender and experimenting with your sexuality and, and trying to understand yourself in a very free spirited way. I think when people first see a kind of female avatar and a male identifying voice coming out of that, it can be quite alarming to some people. And it's always been an inspiration of mine to really open people's minds to what is going on in their minds. Maybe they're playing or they just think that they're cute and want to try something else. And we, and we met in virtual reality specifically, there's a very genuine conversation from someone who identifies as uh, non-binary and they explain how all these different avatars from you know humans to tiny little space dogs or hot dogs helps them feel free and see themselves in different ways and, and then they can bring that into their real life and you know see themselves in different ways and experiment in that space and that can bring so much positivity but to just speak to speak generally about the space VR has made me so personally so much more open-minded um, to just meet someone and a first judgment on someone and letting people be who they want to be and um, and just embrace someone's personality before their uh, the way that they present themselves physically and I'm very grateful for that um, but also there's a lot of conversation like there's a that's one side of VR but there's also a whole other side of VR of closed-minded people who are you know much worse and there's the internet so you'll always find people who will not agree with that and judge people immediately and question what they're doing and question why they're being something else that isn't um, exactly how they represent themselves in real life and I really hope that those people um, can grow and, and and maybe see you know a different side of, of that person's uh, relationship to themselves or something so yeah it's always an agenda that I really care about yeah. I hope that answered the question. No, totally. Um, and it's like inspired good. me to want to ask like a really interesting follow-up about like the idea mm. of like how, I mean, I don't want to like the idea of not policing it, but the idea that like, I mean, as somebody who was in my screening had asked about the idea of like, how do you police this world? How do you, how do you, mm. you know, how do you deal with these sort of very newer technologies around, you know, the idea of making sure it is a safe space for people, as we said, like how to self-identify and stuff like that. Well, I think if you're dealing with someone who, you know, if you're identifying in one way, which is, you know, if you're identifying in any way and someone judges you in VR chat specifically, there are safety tools in the platform where you can block them or you can you know make sure you don't friend them or unfriend them if they were once a friend um, or hide people's avatars if those if things are too overwhelming and 
um, you're getting too much sensory input and you just need a little bit of calm time. You can press a panic button, which turns everyone off and you don't see anyone's avatar. And so there are very specific safety tools in the platform um, for safeguarding socially and sensory as well, um, if, if it's just things are too overwhelming. So you can certainly say that there are safety tools there, but more culturally and you know more community speaking, it is just up to the communities to police their own spaces. Um, a lot of classes that you see in the documentary, Dust Bunny's dance classes, Jenny's sign language classes, and even this kind of burlesque show that we see towards the opening of the film, they're all in private worlds. So they're all in instances in VR chat where only the host of that world can accept the people coming into them. And usually they're known people in the community and they've been, um, they've gone through a little rule book in the Discord server in which they explain, I consent to not being disrespectful. And if they are disrespectful, the host of that instance of that event can kick them if they're not abiding by their respectful rules. Um, but obviously, so I'd say that that is, you know, a big aspect to how communities keep spaces safe and keep spaces respectful and open-minded. Um, and every community that I am passionate about and, and want to represent, you know, are the spaces that um, encourage self-identification and self-expression and experimentation as well. I love that. I, I, I want to sort of move on to the idea of how you actually developed and created the film. So you spoke a little bit about during sure. that screening about how you actually made um, we met in virtuality because a lot of the movements that you have in the film, they're very seamless. They don't look like very jaggedy movements that you would expect for something like that. So how did you actually create the content that you see on the screen that we all saw at Sydney Film Festival and people saw at Sundance? Mm. Well, to speak about the camera, first of all, I think that's everyone's burning question on how you shoot a documentary inside of VR chat. Um, there is a camera system in VRChat, a native camera that anyone can use when you first log in to the space in a, in a VR headset. And you can open this camera with your hand and it's like a little smartphone and you can zoom in and you can add a simulated depth of field uh, and you know crop and take pictures and then also record. And so um, I trained myself using this camera and then a new camera came out, which was purpose-built for film and for very cinematic movements. It was made by an incredible creator called Hirobiki. I did not create it myself. And as soon as he released the first demo of this camera, I started production for We Met in Virtual Reality. And I shot the film as this camera was being developed. And I worked very closely with Hirobiki in um, what that camera should be doing and, and how it's serving me and you know how we can develop it. And we got to a place with this camera where it had focus assist. You could change aperture. You could see very clearly what focal length you were on. Um, and it was a fully fledged cinema camera just in VR. And I would operate this camera with my VR controllers, with my thumbs on you know, analog sticks and just simple buttons. And I'm in a VR headset myself with full body tracking. And so the subjects of the film can see me holding a camera. And at that point, it just becomes so natural you know, interviewing them and, and filming scenes. In terms of the actual direction of the cinematography, I shot the film myself, I should say. It is, you know, kind of 50% very grounded and there's a lot of camera movement and you really feel the presence of, uh, of myself um, balanced with very poetic 
imagery that is shot on a drone uh, flying around and wait there's a vr drone from different aspects oh yes yeah this camera can can fly as a drone many of the scenes in the film i am flying the camera with a drone so i can hold the camera in my hand at you know one point and then immediately press a button and fly it to another end of the room and shoot from that angle and so people often ask me how as a, as a self-shooting director did you get that much coverage over a scene you know, the wedding is a great example where we have so many different angles in the wedding. And I would just sit um, in the back of the room and just fly my drone around the, the hall. And I was flying it really fast, you know, not bound to limits of gravity. So, um, but then also there's a mix of handheld as well. So, yeah, the drone was extremely helpful. Wow. Does that make sense? You, yeah. I no, I, my brain is just like, oh my God. No, no, no. It's great. Mm -hmm. I love it. It's, um, it's really great. So there, I, I mean, I feel like then that virtual reality is this, it, it, there's such an important level of collaboration and creation that you have in, you know, in VR that almost exists. Well, it does exist in, in filmmaking more generally and that people can mm. like, like in terms of finding a new camera, it's in the same way of, of, you know, actually people developing stuff in virtuality, whether it be worlds or cameras or tech mm -hmm. or stuff like that as well. Yeah, exactly. And I think that approach and this this kind of language that I'm I'm speaking really came from a place of experience and um and wanting to to make a film that felt very real. You know, I think I could probably sound very crazy saying that this this film was shot on a camera and it's very natural and organic, but I've been making films since 2018 in VR. And so I'd already spent a lot of time using cameras and and working and directing with people in VR. Um prior to going into production for the feature film. And so I'd already immersed myself to the point where it felt as real as, as real life. But I think if new people are going into the space for the first time and picking up this camera and you know, going and approaching it as a live action film, um, it might take a little bit of time to really just get your VR legs and be present in that space. It took me a long time because it's new. It's very different. It's very weird. <laughs> I mean, it's, I mean, when I first sort of set into it, I think I actually had to get out of like half an hour and go, I think I've got a headache. So I can't even imagine what a, a day of shooting would have been like for you, Joe Hunting. Do you want to hear my longest shoot day? Please do. Well, shoot day, like my longest time in VR. It was so in the film and also outside of film um, this year. Um, there's a New Year's scene, a whole New Year's sequence um, of all the different communities celebrating mm -hmm. New Year's. And this is such a special and awesome experience that only VR can give. I filmed every time zone celebration with that culture and with that country. And so I shot the Japanese New Year countdown with the huge Japanese disco community. And then I went and celebrated the German European time zone with a creative community. And I celebrated my time zone and filmed that. And then Eastern time, US, Central Time and Pacific Time and Mountain Time as well. And I was in VR for 13 hours, mm -hmm. going to different parties and just celebrating and filming. Obviously, I would take breaks and eat and Yeah, drink. I was wondering um, that. Like I'm not I, <laughs> I'm not completely alien. Of course I would do that. And, you know, it's very good to have a balance and actually feed your physical body. Um, but it was such a crazy experience, you know, jumping from different cultures and celebrating with them and, and capturing those moments. I it was one of my my best memories. And then this year from 2021 to 2022, New Year's Eve was actually the day I delivered the film to Sundance. So it was really the kind of final hurrah um, for the film in resting my shoulders and, and finally accepting that it's going to be 
be shown. And it was obviously a celebration of going to Sundance as well. And I spent 13 hours again in VR, but this time not behind the camera and celebrating with the cast and everyone who supported the film, uh, which was such a special and amazing experience. Oh my God. Oh God, the amount of questions I could ask you about Sundance. Um, I, <laughs> since you said you've been in VR since 2018 and um, it's it's been really interesting to watch the film. I'm really curious from a filmmaking trends perspective, you know, we've got virtual production now that happens with a lot of shows. I'm curious whether or not you think that filmmaking in uh, virtual reality and filmmaking is going to be a trend that we should be thinking about when we're dealing with, you know, when we're, should we consider it as a, as a, for a filmmaker as a, as a new tool in our toolkit? Yeah, I think definitely, you know, I think, I don't think it'll ever overpower the current industries that we have within animation and you know live action filmmaking I think it's just another genre you know another asset to our uh, toolkit with with film in my opinion if I was to speak to you know outside of the realm of documentary and uh, more into animation and virtual production I think filming inside of a VR space whether it be VR chat or a purpose-built VR environment in a different game engine it gives you the ability to film a scene in real time with your actors with your your voice actors and your stunt actors as well you know you don't have to render every animation uh, individually and, and do so much special effects work because you can just build the avatars build the environment embody those spaces and get in with the camera as well and have the dop in headset as well and, and capture those scenes Obviously, I think a lot of that technology is being used. I'm sure the new avatar is using uh, technology like that, mocap and, and filming in spaces with camera rigs that are translated into their virtual environment. Um, but to me, one of the most exciting things about We Met in Virtual Reality and the way that I am making my, my current work is that I'm in headset myself and I'm immersed and present in that environment with the cast and we're not you know, wearing mocap suits and seeing a grey studio, but we're actually in that world and we can feel and breathe it a lot more. So I think that's the the, the unique aspect to this, this way of filmmaking. And I think it can be used in, you know, there's so many more documentary stories that can be told about VR and social VR and how it's developing. But, you know, my next project is, is much more of a fiction and I'm really excited about how this can be used to... Um, tell narrative stories and, and fiction pieces as well. So there's a lot of uses and I think it's a great industry to get into and experiment with now because it's in its infancy. Can you give us a little bit more of like a film festival guide scoop of what your next production is in VR? <laughs> uh, I don't want to say too much being that guy, but <laughs> I will say that it's shot entirely inside of VR chat again and it is a more self-aware uh, series about a VR community in VR. Love. Well I yeah the the last thing I'll ask you is that um not much information there. No I'm kidding. <laughs> um, uh, <laughs> is um you know you've played at Sundance, you've played at Sydney now is that 
Is there something that you think us Aussies have been able to to get from the film? How how have how have we been able? How is our reactions being compared to the um to the international audience? Oh, oh gosh, difficult question. Let's think. Um, first of all, I mean the Aussie audience has been wonderful. Um, our second screening, which I believe is the one you came to in the Dandy Newson, everyone was really vocal and really excited. Um, which was really fun and a joy to to be present in. In terms of how it's differ, how it differs from other audiences, um, I don't know. I think everyone just enjoyed it and was inspired and um, and genuinely really passionate about the future of the technology as well. Um, I don't know about specifics. I'm sorry. I'm drawing a blank, but it was very positive and. Uh, and I'm very grateful that people enjoyed the film. All right, yeah. fantastic. Uh, well, Joe Hunting, thank you so much again to talking to Film Festival Guide. No, oh, absolutely my pleasure. This was a great conversation. Yeah, thank you for having me. Yeah.